You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. They come from the bowels of hell, guided by a master plan for complete domination of the earth. It arouses such emotion that the management has been forced to state positively no refunds. <laughs> What'd you say, man? <laughs> I can't be quiet. I can't do it. Oh my god, that was so I literally we, we recording now. We're recording now. This is the beginning of our part two of our nineties episode of Deliberations of Doom. Thank you to Phil for the eloquent intro. <laughs> we we had more than a shot during this break. Oh my god, I'm dying. Mostly it was uh, food related though. Yeah, no, we Chris, seriously <laughs> if anyone ever comes over to Chris's house, he has a giant box of chips. I do. All flavors. Not, all flavors. No, no, it's significant. Not like it's, it's not like a shoebox of chips. <laughs> it's no. like a box, a moving <laughs> box worth of chips. Yeah, and it's like, it's like what you want? You want Funyuns? You want Doritos? What you need? I got you want it. Some popcorn? You want some chocolate? I got some Twix for you. He, he is he's that. a pusher, man. And yeah. then he's like, "Oh, you want some Hagadas?" And yeah. I, we didn't even have a choice. We didn't even ask. I just, I just look over there, and he's like microwaving it. <laughs> and I was like, "What's going on?" Such a pusher. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "We have so much." My, my wife is the best in the world at getting free shit. And so we have tons of free shit. She'll get stuff. She'll bring around, look what I got. I was like, you don't eat that. She's like, yeah. It's like, I don't eat that. She's like, yeah, but it was free. Okay. So now I've got, we've got bugs. So now we've been chips. tasked with getting, getting rid of all this shit. We're we've fucking got four Chris. bites of uh, hot and mash in our, our free Anyway, shirt. it's like you married the kid from Better Off Dead. Who's winning every contest. So anyways, if you need pop chips. Pop uh, chips. Uh, skinny pop. Popcorn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Box. Just giant bucket full of various candy. Like the, candy. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> ice cream. I love is Chris folds back in the box. <laughs> totally awesome. Anyways, okay. So hard. That horror was so we're on ninety. Uh, we're on oh, underrated nineties horror movies. We're doing yeah. horror movies now. Yeah, yeah. We just <laughs> we what podcast do you think you're on? I don't, I, I thought this was our rom com. <laughs> I thought we were talking about food. Sorry. No, this is not our food podcast. Although Courtney, uh, my wife, is always like. You should do a food review podcast. She's right. Seriously, no, and I'm, I'm like, down with that. I'm like, I couldn't do a food review podcast. I could. Can I we do like, this? Yeah, no, I'm You in. know what? I'm in. Me, Patience, and Russ are going to get that started, all right? I am so right? fucking in. Restaurant reviews. <laughs> yeah. get free food. You know what? Restaurant. Courtney can be on that podcast, too, because she's down. It's it's going to be me, Courtney, and the SBs. Yeah, it's on. I was just going to laugh about Patience food reviews. Like, I wasn't impressed by his uh, <laughs> his linguine. It felt like it lacked the al dente flavor. I really want it. And just ripping fucking cooks new ass. No, most of them be like, they had a really good bar. <laughs> <laughs> right, it'll always be those things where everyone's like, oh my god, this was the worst and then me going, well, I don't know. I, I liked it. <laughs> Look, I thought it was pretty good. This shit was the, the worst food I've ever had in my cheesy, life. The cheesiness was the best part of it. <laughs> and the summer's supposed to be over here. I thought there were some good ideas, but uh, yeah. I love the way this lasagna referenced <laughs> the summers. Well. The summers are only like mom and pop shops. If it's, if it's an Applebee's, they're fucking out. Which oh, they should be so, out. We went restaurant. to a Chili's and so I had to eat a oh, I'm sorry, it's my Andy Bias showing. <laughs> Oh my god, we may have had a few This shots, berry right? margarita was the worst I've ever had. Alright, focusing up on movies. Horror movies. Alright, we'll, we'll save it for the food podcast, patients. <laughs> but in this cast, 
We're going to go on. If you haven't listened to part one, that is already up on the site. Listen to that. That was a lot of fun to record, and this one should be even wackier. We uh, actually all agreed in the first half. Yeah. And, yeah, that's the thing. We liked, except for the, the fan-recommended one. Sorry. It's no, fine. but we all agreed, though. I, I liked it. We all it. agreed that we didn't like it. <laughs> we all agreed it was no, no, terrible. I liked it. Both Phil liked it. and Chris are full of shit right now. Mm-hmm. Like, tell Not me true. don't already know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so now we're doing Chris. Cemetery Man. Yeah. Cemetery Man is where we're starting off. A.K.A. From- yeah, Delamore. This is from 1994, uh, directed by Mikhail Suave. I always said Michelle because that's how. But Mikhail, Mikhail, or I forget how they said it in the documentary. We apologize for butchering any directors or stars' names. But uh, Suave, who is definitely considered to be one of the the uh, big forces alongside Argento and Fulci of like Giallo, also did like The Church, which is well worth seeing, uh, and Stage Fright, which is definitely well worth seeing. But this is unquestionably the one that people talk about and remember him for. It was based on a comic book or a novel that became a comic book, and then it didn't sell as well as they were hoping, so the same writer or artist made a new book called Dylan Dog, which there was a terrible adaptation. I liked that movie. Mm, Yeah, well, here we go. So, (laughs) But the the thing is, that book is great. You can actually buy a collection of them in America that's really terrific. And this You checked it out? You've read it? Yeah, I have it. Oh, wow. Okay, fine. Um, I'm going to be borrowing that from you. Sure. This character from Cemetery Man, the main character here, is uh, plays a minor role reoccurring in Dylan Dog. But this movie goes back to that original source material with this character, Francesco Della Morte, played by Rupert Everett. Not a coincidence. The artist was a big Rupert Everett fan and drew him as Rupert Everett. They literally wouldn't have made this movie if they couldn't have gotten Rupert Everett. Which they, is crazy because he, he had not made My Best Friend's Wedding at this point. He is not a, yeah. a, na- a known name. But they were really He did like a him. stage show or something like that. And they were they drew a comic based on him. Yeah. And then that ended up being... That's crazy. The, deeply taken the, Like that ended up being the big and, inspiration and I will say, for Dylan Dog. He's terrific and, in this I mean, movie. The director flat out says this movie getting made was contingent on having Rupert Everett. Yeah. Because nobody was going to give them... It was the, they were not going to give them the rights unless they could get Rupert Everett. I imagine wow. there was like a, a lot of Italian screaming and hand gestures about how important he was to the production. He's like, I'm not going to try an accent because I'll butcher it and it'll sound Russian. Robert Carlyle going, That's my Italian. Rupert Everett, Rupert Everett. Yeah, um, he was the, the basic idea here, he plays a cemetery caretaker in this tiny little Italian town. Although, for the record, this is all in English. It is not like a, a subtitled film. Um, he lives in a tiny little house with his mentally handicapped assistant, uh, Nagi, Nagi, uh, who is hysterical, by the way, one of my favorite characters in this whole thing. I thought it was, oh, yeah, I thought it was Varus from Game of Thrones. Yeah, kind of. Um, and the film right off the bat sets up the premise, the dead come back to life and he has to kill them and rebury them and put them back. It's just part of the job of being a cemetery undertaker. It's like, hey, whatever, it's work. Um, and like... He's got a really, he's bored with his life. He's like, can you imagine being bored with killing zombies every night? But no, he's like, oh, fuck, the, the grind of killing zombies and burying people. And for some reason, everyone in this town treats him like the, the officials in this town, the, the, the lead police officer and the mayor treat him like he's, they call him the engineer. They like treat him with a lot of respect and honor. Like, oh, you're, you're, it's really important what you do. Even though it's never really, it, it feels like none of them know. That the zombie thing is the thing sometimes, and sometimes it feels like they do know. But either way, his life gets more complicated when a lady comes in, played by the almost supernaturally gorgeous Anna Fauci. 
Yes. Oh, she, just on like like a showstopper at the appearance. Um, she's who, stunning. He just immediately falls in love with her, and she's the widow of a much older man. And <laughs> they get into this weird sort of like very kinky death relationship, like literally fucking on her dead husband's grave. Kinky is. Uh, and who, Light. And her husband comes back to life at that point, bites her, and she dies. Only does she? It's kind of softcore pornish. I mean, it, it, it's it's, uh, it's pretty graphic. It's sexually. very Italian, which yeah, I was very, very thankful for as a fan of Anne Fauci. She's got a nice set of she, she's everything. Yeah. She's got huge tracks of land. land. <laughs> uh, and as this movie goes along, it goes from sort of conventional horror comedy. Like horror sex comedy, because definitely there to this incredibly surreal film, like where reality itself becomes suspect, and you're like, "What is actually happening?" And she keeps being reborn as other people, and he's like, "Wait, that's clearly her." And immediately, when whenever he meets this new versions of her, she's really into him. And it's like, "I don't understand why, but I'm so drawn to you." And then it gets even weirder from there. There's a hospital scene towards the end of this where he's just murdering people casually. And the, 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 the lead police detective is like, like, uh, Del Norte, there's someone here running around shooting people. Oh good, you have a gun. You can protect yourself. And he's like, I'm shooting people! <laughs> yeah. Uh, this movie is amazing. I actually, I had never seen it before. Wait, you, you like this movie? I loved it. Um, I wow. thought I was absolutely going to hate it, um, just because the Summers Brothers were really into it. And, uh, <laughs> the bus, the bus driver just took you out. <laughs> uh, so I, I did not. I was, I went into it with a lot of skepticism, and this movie is absolutely so great. It, I mean. It, like Jacob's Ladder, which we talked about in our last episode, it works on so many different levels. There's so many different things going on. It's not just about him killing zombies. It's it's about him like, fucking Anna Fauci. Hey, well, yeah. <laughs> so him, what's the and, well, that's clearly what the movie is about. I mean, it's I mean, it's clearly like this fable of you know, like just like his name. His name is Della Morte, Della More. It's it's love and death, love and death, and those themes are are you know run rampant. It throughout the whole entire film and you just you really don't know what's going on but at the end you're like okay I think I get it I did read um, I did spoil myself and I read um, some different interpretations of the film are we we're doing full spoilers yeah, yeah. Um, so one of my favorite interpretations is that he's actually a figment of Franco's imagination and Franco is the real killer that went rampant and killed everybody and he's in a coma and Francisco Franco is his best friend yes yeah. yes Fra Fra Franco is the guy he talks on the phone to but if you notice like every time he doesn't when the zombies appear is when he's talking on the phone with Franco. So he's like a, 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 you know, figment of Franco's imagination who's in a coma. That is this whole entire point. time. Wait, is Franco the little kid at the end of St. Elsewhere? Yes. <laughs> How did you know? Einhorn is Finkel. Obscure <laughs> <Right>? reference alert. <laughs> so Francesco is a product of Franco's imagination, and Franco's the one that really killed everybody. Because he says that even. He said, you've been taking credit for Yeah, and you've been taking... And then he's like, I don't know who you are. And it's... I mean, it's there's just like this whole moment. And then you see in the, like, the hospital room, like, it's all black. Black. 
And then that's when he decides to, to get yeah. the fuck out. I'll, I'll be honest. I've never had a parse for what actually is happening in this movie. That it was... really doesn't matter. Such a, uh, Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a great film the, anyway. The but that was definitely no one of my famous, my favorite interpretations. Just, it's just so goddamn entertaining the whole way. It did not matter that I didn't understand what was actually happening by the end. The relationship between him and Nanji... Nagi Nagi is yeah. just... The G is silent. Nagi. 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 You mean the H is silent? No, the G is G N A G H I. Yeah, the first. The first G. G is silent. Second G is there. It's not Ganagi. It's just Nagi. Ganagi. It's not. It's like Nagi or Nagi. Um, so I'm dying right Phil, now. Yeah. I'm curious. What was your take on this movie? Because I, I was. This is definitely a movie where I could see Phil being like, uh, "What the fuck, fuck is this?" this? Shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Why? Um. It was actually my second favorite movie I saw yeah. of the entire group. What was first? Day of the, Day of the Beast. Day of the Beast. This is, these two are an excellent double feature, I must say. Agreed. If, I mean, these two movies really have a lot in common. I now, saw them back to back. Now, yeah. now, this movie is horrible in all the right ways, meaning it's intentionally meant to feel B-rate. Like, a lot of the things they do... With, you know, you can see bugs crawling on people with wires attached to it. You can see spirits kind of flying around on, like, you know, coat hangers pretty much. And, uh, but it's fun and it's interesting and it's different and it's unique and it's brooding and it's, uh, it's got some great art direction, uh, albeit, you know, it still kind of suffers from that 90s style of shooting things where had they had, like, a little bit better film stock and a little better lighting and a little better art direction, might have felt a little more real. But they didn't want that. They wanted it to it's, look like yeah, what it wanted to This doesn't look like Cherry Falls. There's way more visual inventiveness. Oh, well, because the art direction's just better. But at the same time, it felt kind of like, you know, Beetlejuice-ish, you know, where it's like, it definitely feels like you're on sets. Even though, like, it was a real cemetery, but they built some... It's just a fun movie, man. It's not only just... They not only... Film this on a real, uh, what is it, when the, the church goes, okay, now Ossuary. it's been unconsecrated, yeah. yeah. but it is a real cemetery. There's a scene in an ossuary with skeletons and everything. Those are all real. Oh, like, I did not know that. All the skeletons in that scene are real. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, there's yeah. definitely, uh, like, my fiance walked in during the scene when she's pretty much being molested by skeletons. Yeah. Nice. And I mean, and you hear, like, the acting is just like, oh, no, but I don't want to, but I must, but I can't. Well, oh, why are you? And it's like, it's so over the top, but you just love it for she, those reasons. She was being molested by skeletons, and I got a boner. That, whoa. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. See what I did that's okay, so terrible. that's who we are as people now. Wow, no. <laughs> oh, man, that's not who we are. That's <laughs> where Chris is. Um, I actually one of my favorite scenes. There's this part where they're like all of these teenagers are on motorcycles and they're being like super rambunctious <laughs> and like oh, yeah, go faster. And there's this busload of church going Boy Scouts. Boy Scouts, oh yeah, yeah. that have a huge accident and it's. One of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life is this, like, death scene between these, you know, uh, the the motorcycle guys and the and the Boy Scout bus. And then when they come back from the dead, it's even more funny. You, you, you know, like, my only problem with this movie is I really felt like I knew a lot of times, like, and not that I have to know where a movie's going, but I kind of was like, man, like, what is the climax of the story going to be? Like, who's going to get buried here? That's going to cause this huge confrontation with the character. And I was like, oh, shit, all these bodies are being buried at the same time. Now he's going to have a huge zombie, you know, uh, fiasco he has to deal with. But 
It never really happens like that. It's kind of like he can just casually the movie's kill. not conventional in any way. Not at all. Like, there really is no villain other than himself. Yeah, and, the movie is is mostly episodic. I remember I, I hadn't watched it in years, and Russ had just rewatched it. And I said like, "How to hold up?" And he's like, it, "It's." Uh, he's like, "I was like, I remember like it's not. It doesn't have like a through line plot." It's, and Russ yeah. was like, "It's very episodic." In a really interesting way, and Russ goes, it's connected by, I think you said, like, an overarching mystery, but in the end, like, the movie is, it, it's, it's you know, it, it starts, you know, you think this is going to be the movie, and it's not, and you think this is going to be the movie, and it's not, and uh, eventually you see it's a series of encounters for the main character. It's like a comic it's, book. It's, it's chapters. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. I, I def- that doesn't, that's not a, that's no, not a, it's no, not a knock. No. Yeah. I, I definitely, when I watched it, I looked at it from a, a sense of like, uh, almost inspiration going like, wow, this is a really unique take on something. And, uh, nothing it could have done from that point on would ruin it for me, no matter which direction it went, because it was so original. And, uh, you know, for that, I mean, I, I loved it. Yeah. I don't know exactly. I mean, you said it was so original, and I agree, it is original in a way, but, I mean, Army of Darkness was made two years before this film. This film came out in 1994, and I can see a lot of inspiration from Army of but Darkness. But the stories are Even, so different. I, I do, I, are I they see really, that. Though? I oh, yeah. see that a little bit, I mean, but they're not. I think, obviously, you know, He's thinking of the Evil Dead. I, I I thought of this movie as Argento does the Evil Dead. There you go. You know. Yeah. Um, but infl- more in the comedy parts than in anything else. Because when it starts getting in the second half, the second half where it just gets really dark and surreal, that doesn't feel anything. But like see, that. I never yeah. found this movie funny. I never found oh, it funny. Really? really? When the like, girl I, I was watching is it. like letting her dead boyfriend eat her, and he and he interrupts, and, he, and she's like, "I can be eaten by whomever I want." I mean, that wasn't I, funny. I, I didn't find it funny at she's all. She's like, "Mind your own business." I, I can it see what hilarious. you mean. In that it's not a comedy. It's just like it's a it's weird and absurd. It's, 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 it's it absurd, strange. and there were deeper meanings to stuff too. Like it wasn't just straight up like, "Oh, he can eat me or chew me." It, like even like when uh, when Nagi pukes on the girl, it was just weird. <laughs> And then he's like, it's okay, babe, get on the back of my motorcycle. See, he understands he's me. He's like, it's the new fad. Yeah, and to me, like, I just didn't find it funny. It was just weird. Okay. And I was okay with it. It wasn't funny. I mean, but whatever. But you still liked it. I liked it a lot. Oh, yeah. I Gross. thought it was hilarious. Uh, I, I don't even know where to start. I, I Well, you know what? I'll start at the beginning. The first scene of this movie sets the tone for the film in such a great way. Just yeah. the, the first sort of... Two or three beats are are just so. I, the first time I ever saw it, I was like, "All right, I'm in." I mean, this is this movie is is hit me where I live. Um, it's it's kind of in a, in a way exactly the movie you hope it will be, and then something else. Um, so I also think it's it's kind of a great example of the sort of interesting things that bubbled up uh, in '90s like horror cinema, and particularly horror comedy cinema. Um, I. I wanted to say something else. I mean, the movie obviously has, uh, I mean, even from the title, it has death on its mind, like most, uh, you know, horror movies do. But what, what I found that, that I thought was really interesting was there was a quote, I believe it's from the director, and he said, it's not about a man who's afraid of death. It's about a man who's afraid of life. Yeah. And, and seeing it this time, I really thought about that because... The the movie in in a way is more about the fact that he's in a uh, the the main character is in a literal dead end job in this tiny <laughs> town and he he clearly longs for more yeah. and and that's something that he talks about with his best friend or his friend Franco um, about are we ever going to get out um, what can we do and 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 he I love this girl but I feel like I'm trapped and and I thought that, that was really interesting that in, in a movie filled with the living dead. 
um, he's kind of the zombie. It, you, I was going to say, you know what I found as well, why it wasn't funny to me? Because it was actually profound in many of his inner monologues. Like he says, the narration like, is terrific. The narration is amazing. It's very film noir in its approach. And he's got a moment when he goes, you live long enough to know you know more dead people than living. Yeah. And it's true. Like The older you get, you realize everybody you know is dying. Now, that actually, for the first time yeah. in rewatching this movie, I guess it's the fifth time I've seen this, that was the first time that line actually hit me. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, God. That's you know what it is? I've had a shitty year this year. A lot of people dying around me, yeah. and maybe I didn't find it funny for that reason. Yeah. And I found it very profound to me. A lot of the stuff that was being said in that, I was like, uh, you know, and, and art is all about interpretation. And it's like, you know, like everyone, somebody could have a, a tough year, and then it's like, oh, man, like this is more of a serious movie. got something totally different. So, yeah, 100%. Well, and, and that's a testament to how great the yeah. movie is and how it allows for a lot of really interesting interpretations. And um, I wanted to say uh, real quick, I'm, I mean, I think we've we've talked about it, obviously, but Rupert Everett is amazing in this movie. Yep. I mean, he is so He's sexy. all in. Yeah, he's sexy and cool. Um, his outfit, I, I mean, the movie's well over 20 years old, and he looks awesome. And this, I mean, his role is literally made for him. Like, yeah, and, literally. And he is, you see this movie, and you see that, I I can think of few movies where somebody is so perfectly tailored, and he's such a great, cool, sexy, fun hero um, for this kind of movie. Yeah, it is funny watching this. You do see, you're like, wow, he would have been... It's funny he didn't get more roles like this. Well, well, I mean, he hasn't he, been in a lot of really great films. He does a lot of voiceovers, but... Well, he I does. Mean, my, he, he steals my best friend's wedding. Yeah. How, and he, then... I bet you if you Google it, he had to have been up for James Bond. He no, had he, to have been. He did, and he wanted... He actually... And he when he kind of got hot after my best friend's wedding, he wanted to do like a gay James Bond. And I remember that was kind of his goal. And unfortunately, you know, it never came to pass. But watching this movie, you're like, man, you were kind of it. Like, you, you ha he is a star in this movie. And not only that, but I think he sells the weird stuff and the funny stuff and the dark stuff. Like, he, he hits every t tone that this movie requires of him in a way that everybody else is kind of, they're somewhat vamping it up. They're sort of doing the over-the-top Italian performance. His is not like that. It's a real deal movie star performance. It's it's really great. So I mean, I I was he he you know you do. And it's funny. I guess without my best friend's wedding, I don't know that I would have seen him in much else. Like I think like it, which is sad because again, he's so good in it. But um, I did you have any other no notes? no go, go ahead. Um, I hadn't watched this in a while, and I, I did want to point out since we were speaking about death. My favorite sequence in the movie is he's raking the leaves, mm -hmm. <laughs> and death himself like appears, and it's this puppet. And again, it's very, you're very aware of the strange. You're very aware of the fakiness of it. I mean, it's, it's intentionally sort of fakey. And I remember the first time we saw it, Russ and I were just like, we talked about that scene. Like, wow. It's, and it's amazingly edited. Yeah. Like how they put it together in an in, in Eisensteinish sort of montage to make that, that puppet and what it's going on yeah, work. Check out yeah. the big brain on Brad. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, it's badass. It's, but it's really great. And he tells him the thing about, you know, why don't you kill the living? Like, the death is my job or whatever. It's a real... I mean, the movie... And, and on that same that thing... That was the, such the, an amazing part, The final part, image though. of the movie... Oh, the snow globe. ...is so striking. And again, up for interpretation, I, I think it, in a way, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about being trapped in your life. Like, he's trapped in a in a, 
a, a, a crystal ball. He's trapped in a, there's no way out. And it, it really leaves you with a, a very ambiguous sort of feeling about what's going on in the movie. It doesn't mm-hmm. try and explain it. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily lock everything into place. Instead, it like opens it up even more. Right. Yeah, so... Which I, which I think is great. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to yeah. our next movie. So let me tell you about the time that Russell almost died. Why? Uh, that, was, that was before the podcast. Yeah. I can't say it because then you guys might actually try and kill him. So uh, we're not, not killing no. Russ. Yeah, we're not killing we Russ. all are fond Russ of Russell. Summers has a really bad food allergy. Yeah, well, he does. We're talking about the the movie Fallen, which oh, is sweet. the first of our films that we will disagree on. Yeah, uh, but who was the one who was going to take? Uh, the, I'll do that one. Oh, yeah. Took yeah. that bullet. I think Phil volunteered. Yeah. Oh, I, I love this movie. So I fuck, fuck all y'all. So, um, yeah, Fallen's about a uh, detective uh, Hobbs played by Denzel Washington. And uh, Oscar open, winner Denzel Washington. Oscar winner. Uh, probably nominated three or four Vaughn times. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, hey, you don't talk shit about Denzel. I will. Right. I will actually That's be King talking Kong shit. Got nothing on him. Yep. Shit. I'm going to be talking shit about Denzel. All right. So um, it opens up with uh, him pretty much locking away a serial killer uh, played by Elias Cateus. And, uh, Casey Jones um, yeah, for Casey anyone Jones. who... And uh, he really? is, uh, he, yeah. that, that's what I always say he is. I mean, he's definitely he's Casey also Jones. I mean, you see him. Line. You yeah. see him. No, he's always going to be Casey Jones. And so uh, as he's being executed, he sings uh, the Rolling Stones song, uh, Time's on My Side. Yeah. Yeah. And as the movie progresses, um, you realize that this character's not really dead because he was possessed by a demon. And the demon can change bodies, and he pretty much has it out for Denzel because he can't get into Denzel into his soul because Denzel's a righteous human being. So as the story pretty much plays out, you've got a serial killer who's stalking a police officer who's righteous and not giving into it, and uh, the demon who's possessing humans is killing people around him, setting him up for murders, framing him, uh, and pretty much ruining his life and to the point where uh, Denzel has nothing pretty much left to live for. Well, I mean, it's funny, like, watching it again, I go, this demon's whole game is is thought out to the point where he knows that what he wants more than anything else is to possess this good man. Yeah. And to be able to do that, he needs to force him to commit yeah. sins that he's not a good man for. You know, I mean, like when it gets towards the end where he has to shoot his friend who he knows is an innocent man. Yeah. But has to do it yeah. to make his plan play out. You know, it, it's like uh, there's a lot of stuff like that going on that I find even more interesting on the rewatches. And, and there's a great cast. Like I love John Goodman. Uh, John Goodman's uh, great. I love uh, Donald Sutherland. Sutherland. And James Gandolfini. Gandolfini. Even Elias R.I.P. Coteus. Elias. Yep. Fantastic. Every, yeah. Casey Jones. the Vitties. Yeah. Shout out to him about the video. And then, Speaking of Army of Darkness. And this movie also proves that cats are evil. No, this cat was awesome. <laughs> what are you talking about? Was, it wasn't the cat's fault. <laughs> Don't be pushing Shout out to cats. cats. Uh, go cats. And then uh, there are some great, really inventive chase scenes in here because the demon can travel through people. There's one scene where uh, one of the lead female actresses is running for her life, and you just see this chain of human beings in New York just touching each other, and the demon's just traveling, Dude, you know. That is good. It's a great scene. The best scene in this whole movie. Is, is the Time's the, On My Side? Is the police station yeah. where he, the demon, just through touch, can instantly transfer, and all these people that, that Denzel Washington knows are singing that song yeah. as piece by piece, just letting him know where there's no longer any doubt after that to him. This that is and a, on the sidewalk the where, the, where he has the conversation and it bounces between Same exact people. scene. Yeah. That's just the end of that scene. That okay, was I see, pretty yeah. cool. But, yeah, but the cool. thing is, I think a lesser actor 
would have taken a different approach, but Denzel, you can see him in his mind processing what's happened, and he goes back in there to confront Gandolfini as, why were you singing that song? But, like, in a way that, like, it's not, like, just uh, exposition for us. He's really trying to figure shit out. And, I mean, Denzel carries this movie like he does almost every movie, and, and I, I loved it. But and he's a movie star. He's just, for sure. He's the he, guy you just want to watch. And, 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 but that, that scene could have been so wrong by so many other actors. But like him and Gandolfini in that moment, again, if he's like, I fucking hated the seventies. I wasn't even part of it. And it's it's just a great. I mean, I liked it. It's one of those first of the whole uh, demon serial killer cop chaser movies that kind of came out a lot after that. Yep. And uh, I really liked it. So uh, moving on to the hate now. Go haters. Uh, I'm, haters. I'm with everything that Phil said, and I'll hand it to the haters. So um, <laughs> actually, I I only have two big problems with this film, and the first one is Denzel Washington. Whoa! I'm I know I'm I, not with her. A lot of people are gonna hate me right now in Oscar the listening winner, world. Washington. Oscar winner Denzel Washington. I just don't like him as a, as a actor. I the only thing I've ever okay, you guys are gonna so bring hate. it. The only thing I've ever liked him in was Ricochet. Oh, my God. Are you? Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. You may have just taken the vampires know, from Mars. I seriously. Uh, I just took the... I, Shout out to Ricochet. I know. Like, <laughs> so gross. Everyone no, fucking hates me now. I didn't see that coming. No, I didn't see the Ricochet. Um, I liked Ricochet. I'm sorry. Wait, who was but, the villain um, in Ricochet? Was it uh, John, John Lithgow. 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 Oh, yeah. Never mind. I was thinking <laughs> Russell Crowe was the other one. Virtuosity. Virtuosity. My mind. Shout out to Virtuosity. The only movie Denzel Washington had ever made was Devil in a Blue Dress. He'd still be one of the I I just like Denzel Washington. Okay, so you don't like Denzel. I do not like Denzel. I think he's an over actor. I think that I I can't stand his voice. I can't stand his face. I can't can't stand the way he chews gum. King Kong has nothing on Denzel. And not just that. If if this was a jury deliberation, you'd be kicked off the fucking jury right now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So you don't like Denzel. What else do you not like? Well, I just thought this movie just drags on and on like literally there's a 20 minute scene where he's in this cabin in the woods and he's just like discovering books and things not even I mean it's not even important they could have cut that scene down to like two minutes not 20 minutes I like I can't it, totally it felt like it was 20 minutes I like this I movie totally drags <laughs> and drags and drags <laughs> Like, Can how many times do, do I have to hear... Edit, edit this movie? I want to watch Patience edit of this movie. Yeah. Like, if I edit this movie, it'll be like like 35 minutes max. <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, if I have to hear that song one more fucking time, <laughs> I am going to seriously, like, shotgun somebody to the face. Okay. Yes, so, it is. I just, I just pooped Chris Cox in real life. Um, right. No, I just, I don't, I don't. I I was bored. All right, I was bored. Russ. Russ is... He's going to be like, I hate John Goodman yeah. so much. No. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, I no, do please, real quick. Please, the please. one thing I did like, and I agree with Phil on this, is that scene where uh, Greta Milano is being cornered by Azazel, and then they keep touching each other to chase her. That scene it was amazing. Scene it's in a great That scene. was, like, so tense yeah. and... But otherwise, I was bored, and I just wanted to, like, kill the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Let's not do wow. that. Okay, now, oh, Ro- now oh, Russ. Oh, now Russ. Okay. Um, Strong feelings. Hey, well, I, here's, it's interesting. I, I, this is not a movie I hate or anything. Um, I, you know, I think it's a fairly entertaining movie. Again, and I, I know I keep bringing this up, 
it's weird. It's it's a it's a big studio movie. Um, it was a big spec script sale by by Nick Kazan. Um, it obviously has you know one of the also biggest movie stars. Also, and, and it's and one of the <laughs> one of the biggest. Uh, I don't know why that's funny. I don't know why that's funny either, but uh, I just like the drop-ins. Oscar winner. Oscar winner. If you want a fucking Oscar, you want that in front of your name. But so anyways, but one of the biggest movie Donald stars Southern. in the world. Okay. It's, it's, but a strangely um, kind of forgotten movie, a movie that um, I don't think – it's interesting that it, it's held in such – I know Chris especially really, I really, really very high regard. Um, uh it has uh, and it, and it, a great cast, you know John Goodman, you know James Gandolfini, Denzel Washington, Donald Sutherland. I mean, this is some top notch, you know, talent. The, I, the actors you want to play cops yeah, are I mean, playing yeah, cops. Like, yeah. like, but I think and and to get to the cop thing, that that's one of my first problems. It's filled with cop cliches, and I think um, and I'm a fan of cop cliches, but this movie really traffics in in some uninteresting TV level cop cliches. I think. Uh, um, in particular, I mean, Denzel Washington's character, there's kind of nothing to him. He's basically, we cast Denzel Washington, but he's, he doesn't have a lot of, he doesn't have a lot of, there's nothing really particularly shady. He's kind of a cipher. That, and, and you can't really point to anything interesting. He has this home life. His home life is very strange. I don't think I ever really totally figured out. There's I loved a kid, it. but it's not his kid. Is that correct? He has a de- developmentally disabled brother who's the father, who's the father of the kid. Which yeah. is weird. Oh, yeah. I, I it love strange it. thing in it the was, movie. It was different. It took me a second to, to kind of understand what was going on with that. Uh that, that he lets his brother be a good father by supporting his brother who otherwise yeah, wouldn't be able to be a father. Yeah, but this isn't a family No, no, no. And it, and, and it ruined his relationship. He talks about his wife leaving him because a brother was living there with his yeah. kid. And you come to find out that he loves his brother so much, even though he is mentally handicapped and all these things, he's trying to help him along the way. But this and is there's a, a big side note, That actually though. sounds like an interesting but movie. But this is that a side note, but it's not movie. even important I got, in the movie. I got, yeah, it's really not important to the film. I got so much of who Denzel was by his love for his brother in this movie and that's oh. the thing that's the moment when he realizes I'm gonna sacrifice my life 100% guy because that's the point where he goes no he's coming you after his nephew him. you no, killed no, saw no, a different no. movie you yeah I agree with Russ agree. 100% because Denzel Washington's character would have sacrificed himself no matter what no, thank you and no, these I, these ca- I think the other thing is is it's so broadly drawn it, it seems it, cliche it seems in really big strokes about what's going on like I said there's nothing really shaded or nuanced about it and and the movie I think especially towards the end seems to make this sort of head fake to being about something profound or interesting about good and evil but I don't feel like it really has much to say oh, about I never, it I, yeah I just thought it was just a good noir-ish yeah. like demon movie yeah, I, I mean it's just ever tried yeah, to yeah, I'm with Russ nah. I'm with and, Russ and uh, also uh, I'd like to say the film was directed <gasps> I by I can't believe I just said that <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. Uh, it's, <laughs> Welcome to the black couch. It's, it's um, it's directed by Gregory Hoblet, who I think has had a somewhat undistinguished career, other than uh, being the guy that brought uh, Ed Norton to the to the forefront. Primal, Primal Fear, Fear was which amazing. I, think, again, I, I don't feel like Hoblet is a very uh, prolific television director, and I feel like his films feel that way. And I, there is a part of me that wonders if a better director, a more interesting director would have brought something else to this like, film. What is the elevated. Adrian Line version of this movie? Right. right. Like, how much more interesting to see what he did with Jacob's Ladder with this movie? I mean, Hoblet, Denzel would just have been dead the whole time. There would have been a whole bunch of music well, videos. Well, no, but he would have cast Denzel in the first place. His visuals, oh. his ideas Oscar winner compared Denzel. Compared to 
compared to what Hoblet brings Hoblet, I, I really did, did absolutely nothing to elevate Bang, the material, just, yeah. which I feel like is a gimmicky script that doesn't really rise above what it's trying to do. Because um, Primal Fear was all, so amazing, and he just failed with this well, one, Well, this I think. one, look, all the boxes are checked. It just, it just kind of doesn't come together. Um, I'm check- oh, uh, no points at all. Points deducted. For ending the film with sympathy for the devil in what yeah. has got to be one of the uh. most uh, uninspired choices for a, a, a ending a devil movie ever. Um, but not when <laughs> one of the whole themes of the movie is, is the Rolling Stones. No, 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 but, but here's the brilliance of the ending is you don't realize the narrator is, oh is Azo. Oh, that is uh, uh, that's uh, very clever. Uh, I hated that not, twist. I thought it was great. Even a very interesting twist. It's not. I just, so it's so. Boring. That's what I'm saying about the film. The film, the film seems to check all the boxes of sort of a spec script where somebody says it's, but it's got a twist and it's, it's like it's very post seven. It's very like it's like a seven, yep. but it's like it's like a supernatural seven. Like you know what I'm talking about. He's doing like a Gandalfini review right now. Yeah. <laughs> a very good Gandalfini person. No, that was perfect. You're right. I, You're I completely just, right. Everything about the film just feels very calculated, not in an interesting way. And and look, again, this is this is what I'm saying. This it, it's a studio. Like, film. What copy did he get? I agree uh, I with them. Oh, same I copy I got. I Jesus. agree with the SBs. Yeah. All right. Well. So I I, I could go on. I'll let Rob. I don't think. I don't think I feel probably the same sort of passion Russ does for the movie. Like, it's fine. It's a good movie. I, I don't even feel a passion for the no, movie. No, it's I like fine. Yeah, that. You're it's, right. It's a movie I feel... Um, it's very safe and uninteresting. I mean, I think we've probably covered most of my feelings for the movie already. So, I, it's finally... If you're looking for, like, a, a sort of movie you can watch on, like, date night or something, you know, something that... It's kind of entertaining. I mean, I do think the sequences where... The demon moves through other people and like and and taunts them are the best sequences in the movie. They really feel original. They're really exciting. They're really interesting. And I, and I do feel the movie delivers on those. Um, I'm a little bored with the cop stuff. It just it should be more fun. That's usually my favorite kind of stuff is the procedural, um, you know, uh, tracking the killer, uh, figuring stuff out. But in this movie, it's not as interesting. I f- feel also like the mythology of the movie is a little shaky. And so, I still don't get why the demon can go through everyone else in the movie. But except Denzel Denzel Washington. Washington. Because he's a good and man. Then, but, and he can't go through everyone else. He can't go through his brother either, right? Yeah. He, he has to murder him in someone else's body. But then he still tries to like get into Denzel Washington in the end. No, the, no, no, no. Because no. by that point... Denzel has committed a sin, but not just that he's. Anymore. But not just that. It's also stated what only sin? in spirit form when he's fighting for his life. Yeah. Can he literally take anybody he but wants? But what sin did Denzel Washington commit? Because he, he killed an innocent. I find that sort of overly complicated. I just felt I just, like. I mean, how else do you his, tell a story like this? Killed his friend right. because he had to. It's got a set of rules. Yeah, I'm surprised you. Oh, you know what? I will agree with. At least it sticks to its rules. Unlike other movies, it follows. Okay. Um, well, well, now we're just uh, we're bagging on all follows. Just, okay, so uh, it's yeah. still a terrible. Film. All right, what's next? What's next? That's all how right. I feel about falling. Next, <laughs> next is the film no one saw because it literally came out the same month as The Sixth Sense and was too. Yeah. And Blair Witch uh, and Mummy. Well, you know, whatever those last two. Oh, but, you know, yeah. oh, fucking for... most overrated film of all time, The Blair Witch Project. <gasps> 
so Chris boring. Cox want to throw that in there. I so, well, know. Oh, got an axe well, well if I was, yeah, I'm a well, save it for the, witch, for the found footage podcast. I see how it is. You know how it is when we're, like, right, not on save air. save it. All right, so who is doing Stir I'm doing Stir of Echoes. Stir of Echoes is uh, a film from David Kep, who, or directed by David Kep, uh, is based on a Richard Matheson novel. Kep is the big time Hollywood screenwriter who wrote uh, Jurassic Park, Spider Man, Carlito's, Carlito's Way. Pretty much everything. Yeah, he's like the guy, uh, the Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, like all that stuff. So basically, it's about uh, Kevin Bacon plays uh, a guy with a, a sort of family man who. Also, kind of has a band, and and uh, and his he gets hypnotized by his brother's or his I'm sorry his wife's sister, mm-hmm. and then um, wakes up realizing he can see ghosts, and at the same time begins to realize that his son also sees ghosts and has seen them all along, and he starts to realize there's a mystery to the ghost in the house, and he sets out to solve it at basically the cost of everything else in his life. Um, this movie did not really get uh, get the props it probably deserved because it got outshined, like you said, by Sixth Sense, which is, I guess, as we in retrospect, it's it's not anything quite like that. But at the time, it felt the same because of the. I mean, just looking at the trailers, you go, these feel very like very similar movies. Right. And I mean, yes, obviously they have similar things. In in you know, a guy can see dead ghosts, nobody else can. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's right. a kid that sees yeah. dead ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but like. Yeah, they are very different movies, but that's... I mean, I will say Sixth Sense is a much better film than Stir of Echoes hmm. is. But Stir, that doesn't... But Sixth Sense, I think, is an all-time classic. Hmm. This is a really darn good film. Hmm. Yeah. It's just not up to that level. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's close, but, like, you know, without the ending, Stir of Echoes is a better movie, in my opinion, where the Sixth Sense ending really put it over the top. But mm-hmm. once you've seen that ending, how much rewatch value is there in that? Oh, or Stir- I don't disagree. I don't yeah. agree with that. I well, actually figured out what was going on in Sixth Sense early on and it was still my favorite movie. I like it. I like it. I like both of them equally, honestly. Um, but, uh, okay. Uh, were we done with the, uh, what's going on? In yeah, this? I think, I think, I, I mean, I kind of gave it the right, basics. Right. I, go, you, you go ahead, Patience. Yeah. Uh, Hate on it. I actually, no, actually, I like what? Story Records. Um, I do like wow. this film. You like Kevin Bacon? I like Kevin Bacon. I it's actually think like this Bacon. is one of yeah. his, um, I think that Kevin Bacon is such an underrated actor. And it's weird because he's everybody loves he, him, but every, he never seems to be. And at the top he's, of the list. It, you know, he's in all of the greatest, you know, like oh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. We can do that all day. He's in a lot of films, and he's amazing in all of them. I know that he was great in Footloose, but let's talk about Tremors. Let's talk about the following. Let's talk about uh oh god, what is the one with Clint Eastwood directed? Mystic River. Oh, is there oh, really? My but god, let, let, right? let's just say this. He's been in tons of movies so much that we have a game to play with. Yeah, exactly. And is there one where you're like, Kevin Bacon was terrible? No. No, so he's usually, he's usually the 13th. elevates almost every movie he's in. And, and I want to say, Animal I think House. this is one of his best, <laughs> this is one of his best roles. I think he's I great in it. 100%. He's perfectly cast. He's so likable. Awesome. I, I agree. And even his like, stupid fucking Jersey accent is amazing in this. Chicago. 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 Whatever. Directed DVD sequel to this. That stars Tatiana Maslany from uh, Oh yeah from, from uh, Orphan Black Orphan Black and when I got to interview her for another film I brought it up and she was like I cannot believe you're outing me on Stir of Echoes oh. That's too hilarious <laughs> she's like we don't talk about Stir of uh, Echoes which too. are both available on HBO Go right now uh, just saying you but, know what um, I would have loved this except for that dumb Rolling Stones song. 
Just kidding. Uh, I was just throwing it back to the previous one. Um, I thought it was really back. well done. Um, I love the actual. Wait, all wait, the... you liked it? Yeah, I, mean, I liked it. I liked it when it came out. You know, I didn't change my mind when I saw it again, and uh, I liked the. Uh, I really liked the hypno scenes where he's on the chair floating. And Those the sequences are really cool. It's like so good. you're in a movie theater and the screen says yeah. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good. All that stuff is. Re- Those sequences are really memorable. I, I felt like. Uh, the story, I mean, maybe it's one of those things when I watched it again that a lot, it felt like a lot of stories I'd seen before, like, like a Mystic River type story about a kid done something wrong and you, it's like a cover up and the parents are involved type. I feel like I've seen that storyline a lot, but maybe uh, when I first saw this, it wasn't the case. And, it, and, I, and, and, I, and I got you on that. It's not like a super great storyline. It, I mean, in the end, we've seen it, this movie a thousand times, but I loved... Love, love Kevin Bacon. I love Catherine Irving. All these things, but the details are better than the actual meat Story, of the matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a shame because I've always wanted to. I love Matheson. He's one of my favorite horror writers. In fact, I think his book Hell House is the scariest book ever written. Oh, nice. I mean, it's it's even as an adult reading it just recently, I was like, this terrified me reading it. Never read Stir of Echoes. Really want to to compare and contrast, but. Once again, it is a very old book. The story is a very old story, so it makes you go, even though we're like, oh, we've seen this a billion times, How? did Matheson do this first? Yeah. <laughs> Was probably. he the first guy? There, there's a shot in this movie that starts completely wide in the first party scene when he asks uh, the sister-in-law to hypnotize him. And it's yeah, one do shot. Me, do me. And it literally, pan- <laughs> it literally dollies in for like three or four, like maybe three minutes. And it finally ends on a close-up of his face where he's just like kind of ribbing her like, oh, yeah, sure, because he never had a real job. Yeah, do me. And it's a great moment because you don't realize it's one shot. It would have been it, much better if it was Drax in that scene. Huh? It's like, oh, that was so Do me, do me. Yeah. <laughs> you must be so embarrassed. Uh, it's got some cool cinematography, some cool art direction, really cool editing and pacing. Yeah, uh, totally, yeah. Uh, good acting. Um, again, I mean, the story may feel like you've seen it before, but... It doesn't. I mean, I still enjoyed it. I only have two things more to say. One, I want to live on the street with that many block parties because <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Like, badass block like parties. seriously, they have block parties yeah, every night. Rocking. And two, if you don't know who the bad guy is by his pedo stash, then you need to stop watching horror films altogether. But, but not even just that. Like you see, like the uh, one of the kids' fathers who's part of the whole thing like, with the checked... pedo stash. No, he doesn't have a pedo stash. He's the chubby guy with the oh, weird guy. like yeah, yeah. Uh, hair on the side. Uh, forget his name. With the hair. He's in. Um, He's been in uh, lots yeah, of movies. I'm down looking it up. A- anyway, point being is you see like him checking out people the entire movie, super kind of like, yeah, I know I'm married, but I'm gonna check out people and be kind of rapey. And you kind of definitely get like a feel like, uh, you know, that he's definitely involved in it. So I mean, and they all are. I mean, spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> like the whole freaking neighborhood, damn your general. Are you talking about yeah. Kevin Dunn? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Now it's like the third ending of Clue, where everyone. <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's not. Uh, and, and then I mean, you've got a guy who's neighbors with everybody, just bringing a jackhammer into his home. I and like, know, right? we're, we're not going to bug him till he finds the body. It's like, come on now. Yeah. I SBs. mean, um, uh, so I love this movie. Yay. I, I think it's I think it's a really terrific flick. Um, David Kep has directed quite a few movies since this. Uh, not most of them are not particularly successful, but this one I think is his best. Uh, he's written a film. lot of like Walking Dead episodes and stuff like that. Has he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I don't know. Well, I know he's I think done. So. He did Mordecai and um, a Premium Rush. Not not. I actually it. really like Premium Rush. Wow. It's all right. I, I, I off the couch. Everything Chris Cox said is is this kind of immediately suspect. Um, yeah, but uh, 
it's a it's a really great thriller. I just think everything about this it's very entertaining. Um, and it, it wants to be a horror movie. Yeah. I think, like, that's the thing. It doesn't sort of back into being a horror movie. It straight up dives into that. Right. And I think it's, it like Phil was saying, technically, the movie is filled with really memorable sequences, um, like the hypnosis sequences, uh, when he digs up the backyard. But I also think what the movie really does well is those characters. And I remember, and you, you started on this page, but we didn't really get to say this. Catherine Irv's performance yes. as the wife, I remember, blew me away. She's such a great character, and her Agreed. performance is A+. Plus. It's it one might of, be one of my favorite female Ever in a yeah. movie. Like, she's so great. She She's, like, funny and cool. It's never, like, a wife role. Yeah, and, and her reaction... What's because going, she's super understanding for the most part. But well, yeah, but she like is. But, but, you know, her, but her and Bacon make a great team. You root for them. Agreed. Right. And oh. their marriage, the fact that they're married is actually really interesting. And Bacon has, you know, the great, uh, you know, arc of the movie in that he sort of gains this supernatural insight. But her reaction to him is really funny and nuanced and cool. And she tries to be supportive. She tries to be... Uh, uh, understanding of what's happening. The kid is great too, um, which he's also the kid's reaction to the thing is is really neat because he's aware of what's going on the whole time and he's experienced um, with the supernatural. And I don't, for I would say even though we've seen a lot of other things in this movie before, I'd never quite seen that. Did, did you notice that at times when the kid was like talking to the dead? It was almost looking directly into camera and breaking the wall and making yeah. us feel like we were the dead. I don't know that I noticed so, that. Oh, a lot um, of times when he's talking, the kid's looking like pretty much right above camera. In fact, right I think the, the, some of the first shots in the movie. He's looking yeah, right yeah, at yeah, us. Yeah. Really? And it makes us as a viewer feel like we could be the ghosts or we are the right. dead watching the story play out, which I thought was interesting. I mean, you know, and like you were saying, I mean, I think, you know, while the story may not be the most original, the way Cap continues to stage it, for example, there's a moment where they get a babysitter and they're going to this football game, it's and he, the, when Bacon begins to get a premonition that something is wrong, it, they have this amazing staging where he's in this corridor with all the other people trying to get into this football game, and he's trying to get out. You didn't have to stage the scene that way. That was you, claustrophobic. Yeah, it's very, and, and he says, and he, it's great because they just cut to him, and he goes like, something's wrong. Yeah. And you feel this like dread because you don't know what's going on with the babysitter. You, you're in his mind and then they have this uh, opposing force from him. So I loved all that stuff. Um, overall, I just think, I think the movie never drags. It's always entertaining. I think it kind of comes apart when you, uh, Russ's big thing with all horror movies he always brings up is he goes, why does the ghost have to want something? Can't just be a ghost. Now they're going to solve <laughs> the ghost problem. And I think that's the problem with the, the movie or, or this, and, and it's a problem I see in a lot of movies like this, which is it's this extraordinary thing, this supernatural event that revolves around kind of a mundane incident. Yeah. And, and you have an entire character who, like the uh, the police officer, who's also like a, you know, almost like a medium type person, and his storyline goes nowhere. Well, like she uh, that goes, I really liked was there's an implication that this is happening to a lot of people all the time. But it never really involves Kevin Bacon's character. No, like, and I love that. I love that okay. subplot. Yeah, I love that. Well, I love. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, no. it's it's like a bring him to me. I told you to bring you. He never shows up. Right, but I, but they have that scene um, where she goes to see them, and there's something going on behind him. It's 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 such a great moment because it's so. Offsetting, and, and you've never quite seen a scene like that in a movie, and you feel like you're there at that moment. It feels very realistic. It's yeah. it's almost from her perspective as something strange is going on. They never bother to explain it. You, you know, only get the sense that something supernatural. And is I think happening. it's neat because there's just, there's an implication in the movie that this is um, something he uh, the 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 police officer refers to as the eye. He, the kid's got the eye, 
and his daddy has it too. And he's he, got he the gives shine. that. But he also, it's important because he explains to her and to us how this is working. He says he's got a flashlight and it goes on and off. It goes on and off in the dark. And, and so he doesn't always know what's happening. And then he says, but the kid, much better flashlight. But, but yet that information is never given to the main character who's operating the know. fucking we flashlight. We need to know why it's not. Why. I got you. I'm just saying that information could have been useful for his character. And I just realized now the ghost was played by Jennifer Morrison. Oh, yeah. I knew, who's yeah. freaking an amazing actress. Who yeah. really, you know, also, um, I don't years. remember another movie. Again, Jacob's Ladder influence. She's filmed. Jacob's Ladder is filmed uh, when they show the demons. I think they're like at super high. What are they like at eight frames a second? Oh yes. yeah, they move really, yeah, they six, move really fast. And he does something in here where he films the ghost. Uh, Looks like almost backwards, backwards yeah. and then he has them play it forwards, so they move really strange. And everybody's ripped that off. Yeah, I've seen. I, this is the first time I'd ever seen that hey, motion. Stick and to now, what works. Now everybody's done well, it. Yeah. It's in The Exorcist too. Like when she's moving and odd things and coming up is backwards play forwards. I, I just think yeah. that overall, no, the first one. I T-O-O. mean, Exorcist oh, okay. also. Also, okay. I mean, Sixth Sense obviously like stole the year, but this movie I think is equally as good. I agree. I, I if you like, in fact, in some ways, I love Sixth Sense. I think I, I see why his career is built on that. The Sixth Sense. It has great stuff. It is a little draggy. This one, I don't think ever drags. It's really I don't think fun. it drags. Russ, I, and I? I agree with you at that one part about where he's like trying to get away in the crowd from the yeah. Friday Night Lights it's thing. Really and it, I mean, it was just like claustrophobic. I don't know. I don't know. And and it was, there's nothing in this movie that does more than just creep me out a little. And when it's really? good, where I'm like, I'm enjoying it, but there's nothing that I felt thought was outright scary. Whereas the Sixth Sense yeah, has two or three. Yeah, you're right. That's, I mean, the first time when that's a good point. That's a good point. Although I will say there is suspense in this film. Like when when the bad guys show up at the end, I didn't know what they were gonna do. I was pretty scared for him. I mean, I, I was, you know, it's more suspense. But anyways, Russ, what were your thoughts? Uh, I, you know, what I think we've covered most of the things I was gonna say. I will say um, we talked about bacon and her, but one thing I wanted to say that I always loved about this movie. Um, they're they're not just like typical mom and dads. They're kind of cool mom and dads. Like they're hmm. kind of like they're kind of rocker guys. And I know the fashion's a little dated and stuff, but I always <laughs> love that about the movie that that they were they were you know they were interesting people. They had their own lives. They had their own things going on. Um, I had one other thing, which is um, why do people in movies always have weird visions during sex? I, I it's such a cliche. And it, <laughs> I know I, I become possessed. I don't know what's going on with <laughs> every time I have sex, I weirdly think about the Summers Brothers. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow, what that means? You and everybody Jesus. else. Oh wow. Oh my god. Uh, you know, I was going somewhere with this, but never mind. Now, <laughs> like Russell uh, well, can't no, even but, but continue. But my point was, I feel like that's such a cliche in movies, and it drives me bananas. Yeah. I, I just, I that part, I, I will say that is a knock on the on the movie. What I liked about that was it. Oh. That was the one thing. That no, was... the other one was what we covered, which was it's a very uninteresting. When they um, get to the mystery, it's the yeah. mystery, yeah. That, what, what's going on? Yeah, and it has a that, I, I agree. It kind of fizzles. You know what was? Co- it was, was still good. What was done really it was better than Fallen? Sorry, no, was was I agree. You're I agree. Crazy. I love this movie a hundred times more than Fallen. You are so crazy. crazy. Team Phil. Just, Team just Phil. the skill it takes to make Fallen over this is night and day. No, anyway, wait, this is a much better movie. There's so much more. At least we have dead people. This is such a more. At least Fallen has more than like three locations. Jesus. Than like Fallen, which is like. Let me just break my house. It's apart just for a an fly, hour, like a TV cop <laughs> thing. This serial killer. I'm gonna sit here and use paint thinner on a wall for twenty fucking minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what up? 
I, I'm going to time this and put this on deliberations of doom. Just so you can see, in 45 seconds, he solves that fucking yeah, yeah. paint mystery. I was like, she's like, it's 20 minutes. No, I, I, but it patient felt is, like 20 minutes. mistake is it feels like 20 anyway, minutes. It feels like, it's like a some, minute and a half. Time. Something this movie did really well was covering an entire character's arc in like a sentence, which Kevin Bacon did effortlessly when he was talking to his wife and he goes, I know when we got married, I made you I all, these all these promises. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm the guy I am. And like, but leave it alone, and you get that it's a guy who had dreams, and he's no, a no, he great, goes, he the great goes scene further, where he further. gets the orange juice out of the fridge. And he gets her a glass because they're fighting, and it felt like a real yeah. couple. And he puts the glass in front of her, puts two glasses, and then he pours both glasses. And you know, like, like we're kind of gonna make greatness. up. And then, and then he drinks her glass. <laughs> well, so no, but this scene that Phil's talking about, and he's just like, I just didn't realize I was gonna be so normal, so ordinary, right. so right. ordinary. Right. But I don't think he ever does. He ever even say ordinary? And, yeah, I, I, I don't think ever, I don't think he ever ordinary. No, he I think he leaves it without that last well, word being part of it, which was great. I, he know, definitely walks out, and hey, he has also, like, tears. Uh, uh, what's you know? her face? Uh, the sister's great. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, she is. Uh, she walks away with the, every scene she's in. She's freaking yeah. hilarious. I hate to say it, but for sake of time, we've got to All right. do it. Oh, God movie. damn you it. You know your mom needs to which move is, on. <laughs> <laughs> which is Fallen again. So, oh, Doing Tales from the Crypt presents. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, shit. we moved on. And this is so, a patient's pick. Yeah. So blame her. Everyone, no. <laughs> this is a better movie than you Fallen, should right, laud me. <laughs> No, this is a way better movie than Jesus Fallen. Christ. First of all, we have Billy Zane, who I'm uh, legitimately in love with. Uh, Billy Zane, if you're listening, I know you're not. But if you are, I love Listen you. Listen to your friend Billy Zane. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> I was worried about Joe. Oh, my friend Billy Zane. Yeah, <laughs> he's a cool guy. Uh, yeah, I wish just hi. Um, anyway, so we have uh, William Sadler who plays Frank Breaker. It's a great fucking name, real original. Um, <sighs> I'll let you finish. Sorry, I'll echo you in a who minute. Who is running away from Billy Zane, who plays the Collector, okay. and um, he comes into this small podunk town where there's things. Uh, I don't know. There's there's really nobody in this town. It's a it's, shit. It's, it's a, 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 a one-horse town. Yeah. And one he town. ends up at this, uh, <laughs> literally, literally, <laughs> one-horse town. He, <laughs> he ends up at this hostile-type bed. This guy in the episode. Do you guys need a minute? No. To no. I need a minute. <laughs> Summers Brothers are losing their shit right now. I had no idea that joke was so loaded. I, I, didn't, just, know. I didn't even think it was Because it was so literal. So that was the best part. Go on. Go on. Keep going. Sorry. dying right now. It's so one whore town guy. One whore town. Um, and he ends up at this hostel slash like bed and breakfast type churchy place. Um, being ran by Sherry Rose. Like, I am not interested in this movie at all right now. CCH Pounders. Yeah, okay, there you go, there you go. But there's Jada Pickett Smith, there's Thomas Hayden Church. I mean, there's a lot of really great names nowadays. Uh, Dick. The classic Dick Miller. Miller. Um, and he's running away from the collector. He has this key that is filled with the blood of Jesus Christ, among others. 
and he's trying to keep it from the collector, who is a demon. And if the collector gets the key, then the apocalypse happens. Basically, is the whole entire premise of the movie. And did I mention that it has Billy Zane in it? <laughs> Sexy ass he's, motherfucking. Look, he's a damn handsome Billy man. Zane. No one's denying. Who it. is hilariously. Funny and sexy at the same time. <laughs> like if somebody goes Billy Zane or Denzel Washington, you can have I'm gonna either. I'm going to go with Pick Billy one. Zane. I'm going to go with Billy Zane <laughs> every fucking time. I'm going to go with the Zane. I'm Oscar actually... winner Denzel Washington. <laughs> Zane Zell. Oscar winner Billy Zane. Yeah, not Bill's Oscar. friend Billy Zane. <laughs> this is directed by Ernest Dickinson, who did one of my other favorite movies, which you guys are going to totally surviving the game. Surviving the game. Yeah, oh How we did you know? That. We covered it, but no, we talked Ernest about Dickinson Ricochet. A cinematographer, he shot for Spike Lee, and this was, I believe, he did some debut. great TV yeah. though. He now he did a lot of amazing. Yeah, he he's the one that did the Walking Dead episodes. And he already shot episodes of Tales from the Crypt before he did this. Movie. Is that what it was? I yeah, I, I, I believe. So. I believe he did a couple. I mean, he's done a lot of television episodes, and he's the one that did some. Okay, so he's your done, overall thoughts yeah. on the movie? I love this fucking movie. Um, did I, I mean, I don't want to just keep talking about Billy Zane, but this movie is hilarious. It was like, this wasn't meant to be a Tales from the Crypt episode, but I think I, as a lover of Tales from the Crypt, I thought it fit perfectly into the canon of, you know, like, hey, this is our very first of what was meant to be um, a, like a, a longer a, series. A three part film. Yeah, yeah series. They, they did the one. They Bordello did the second Blood. one, Bordello Blood. It, yeah, yeah just, they did Bordello Blood. They actually did the third one, too. Did, but did yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was it's called. Video, huh? Yeah, it was, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, it's, yeah. No, it's called like. Um, it's I can't remember. Um, yeah, it's really, really bad. Oh, it has really. Jennifer Grey in it, I believe. Uh, and even Bordello of Blood, although it has a certain amount Angie of charm. It does. Never it does have a, a little bit of charm. It's too. definitely. So, Kind of a bummer. So, like, this movie and my... Like, cause I don't hate this movie, but the strength of this movie are all the practical effects. Like, if you want to so see good. cool demons that, like, you know, actually look gory and disgusting, get their heads blown off... It gets gooey. Yeah, if get, you yeah, want to see Billy Zane punch oh, through some dude's head... That guy deserves it. He's a fucking and dude. Who doesn't? Yeah. Like, yeah. But the thing is, like, the, this movie is fun if you really want to just watch, you know, shit get blown up and creatures die. But other than that, like... Just the plot premise. A guy named Breaker's got a key of blood with a collector following him, and he chooses a location with 50 million windows and doors. Just choose a fucking one-door place, and you're fine. Well, like, the entire plot just well, makes no sense. Well, one-more place. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> but the entire story... Don't yeah. so make the Summers Brothers lose their shit again. Really but, like, just, like, the story, I don't... Like, I'm like... I don't even just buy into it, but I get it's supposed to be... I mean, a, it's definitely going for an Evil Dead 2 vibe. Mm-hmm. And I have no doubt that when they were putting this together, they were like we want this to feel like the Evil Dead too because it's so over the top and like just I mean it's 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 a splat stick comedy for sure it's not really trying to be scary it's trying to be fun and I think on the whole despite some really questionable performances from actors we know are better and, and decisions <laughs> uh, and decisions by character like but, holy shit but Billy Zane is the Bruce Campbell of this movie oh, that yeah. he is so incredibly fun to watch yeah. and one of the neat decisions they make here is that it sets you up to think that the actual protagonist is the antagonist and Billy Zane who's the more recognizable actor at this point was actually the hero until it suddenly flips it and goes no no that guy who's kind of a douchebag he's actually the hero I actually makes it a lot of fun I felt like I know that um, Jim Carrey's The Mask was filmed a couple years before this and I felt like Billy Zane was kind of like 
doing a lot of like sort of weird Jim Carrey the mask performance, which mm. I still loved. Yeah. Just. Uh, I mean, you guys obviously are not fans. Uh, Well, I'm a a big Tales from the Crypt fan, um, and and I like what this movie uh, was was trying to do. And it was a movie that I I liked. I have to say, revisiting it, it did not hold up particularly well for me. um, Which is not to say that I I hated it or anything. It just it just kind of fell flat for me. I don't have too much to say about it. We, you know, we talked about Dick Miller and Ernest Dickerson and, and all this other stuff. Um, it's more of an action movie than a horror movie. Yeah. A little bit to me, which I think um, was disappointing. And I, I think I mean, that they the, ripped somebody's arm off on like the first half an hour. Well, I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't have horror it's in it. I'm just saying. It's an action packed horror movie. Yeah, it's an action packed <laughs> horror movie. And um, I don't think that the, uh, the Crypt Creeper sequences particularly hold up. Uh, and Ugh, they're they're kind well, of integral to the they movie. They weren't good then. Yeah, yeah, um, I all agree with that. I always thought that was the biggest problem with Tales from the Crypt is the Crypt Keeper and the, those punning bits at themselves. Well, Although terrible. it is kind of fun. And to see I mean, John Lithgow, John Lithgow, make the little yeah. cameo. Uh, I I would say I, I would think a real plus from the movie. I think something that um, has aged very well was making uh, Jada Pinkett Smith the. I guess at this point she was just Jada Pinkett, uh, the final girl. Yes. Yeah. So that she was, she was a really cool choice, and I, I know she, she wasn't a particularly big actress at that point. So it was a daring bit of casting to put in there, and I think it, it works really well. She's, she's really great in that role. Um, and you know, I, I, I think visually the movie um, is sort of dragged down to the level of uh, the Tales from the Crypt TV show, yes. and, and, and which is disappointing because from someone who was Spike Lee's cinematographer, I think you would expect. Yeah. A lot more from the visuals of the movie. But, I mean, it, it's not that kind of movie, and it's not trying to be that kind of movie. Um, but I think that the, the, the lack of ambition in the film, uh, it just didn't hold up for me. Yeah, um, it's funny. I remember when we watched this initially, I really liked it, like, a lot. Um, I thought it was a, a – it was neat that they had made it more of, as Russ said, sort of an action movie <coughs> as opposed to just a scary movie or – um, I'm or a Tales from the Crypt morality tale. Yeah, like a yeah, or that they just done three episodes strung together or something. So I like that instead they had chosen to make this somewhat something that felt more like a '80s Marvel comic book vibe. You know, these people in you know trapped in the house or trapped in the the one whore uh, hotel or whatever, and then that you know they were besieged by demons, and I and I dug that, um, and I really liked it when I first watched it. The sort of comic booky nature of the of the uh, movie it. It's funny that it, you know, and again, we you know we we really dug like a Day of the Beast and, and Cemetery Man, and this movie is closer to those movies than the other movies in this list. But for some reason, I think it, it does fall a little flat. I just I'm just watching it this time. I was like, uh, I don't know if I need to finish. This. You, you know, I was gonna say because it doesn't feel like an original movie. I feel like I've seen this movie done by other people already better. It felt like it was just kind of ripping off three or four other movies, and then that's what it is. Like my favorite part of the movie is the intro. Where you're watching a little segment of Tales from the Crypt with the Crypt Keeper directing it. And that was my favorite part. That's um, funny. You like, I did not like the Crypt Keeper stuff. No, I don't either. But the one thing it does do that's so of its time with like adapting TV shows, trying to do something bigger with the TV show, is they do a play on the actual opening of the show where you're like, oh, here's the Crypt. Except they're like, look, we're showing you oh, more right, of yeah. the Crypt. And you're like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't care at all. Um, Let's get to the actual movie. I mean, I think it's kind of a, a fun 
B movie, and I don't think it's aspiring to be great. And in some, and in, no. in some ways, it exceeds those expectations. It's, it's probably better acted. It's got you know better sequences and stuff. And you know, Zane and Sadler are really great. Everybody's pretty. Everybody's pretty good. Yeah, CCH Pound. No, not, not great. I think everybody's. Pretty it's nobody's good. career best. I don't think anybody was going like whole hog like I'm, killing. I mean, it. I I I disagree. I think Billy Zane. You think is Billy amazing. Zane nails yeah. it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I over, love, over, I love Billy over something like Deadcom, though. I mean, you could Deadcom is arguably his best movie, yeah, that's, or at least that's, best performance. That's I mean, it's, it's not, not the Phantom, but he's playing. I, I love the Phantom. I, would, I love the, the Phantom as well. But, but this Thank is one where I mean, how did the Phantom fan? I mean, Deadcom. Uh, he's yeah, playing a serious Dead, dramatic Dead role. Deadcom is amazing, but the Phantom. I mean, he's playing a serious dramatic role in Deadcom. He really wants you to buy him here. It's not that kind he's of movie. Cheesy. It's, like, he's it's a scenery fun. chewing he's, performance. He's, he's smarmy. Like I said, you know? he's supposed to be the Bruce Campbell of this movie. Yep. He's way you know over I guess. The top. I guess I wish everything in the movie. Was, it's funny. I remember I had an affection for this movie, but watching it again, it, it diminished. That I mean, slightly. its biggest flaw is ultimately that the guy who ends up being the protagonist is so uh, thoroughly uh, William Sadler, so thoroughly unlikable in any way. As uh, his performance is so Which nothing to it. It's just kind of like. You're like, okay, you really didn't bring anything to this performance. He is, he's normally that's an interesting, amazing yeah. character. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he's I think that yeah, character. someone else may have he may have been miscast, that's true. Yeah. Or at least uh, was made. I mean, I'm gonna say like if you're if you're a fan of B movies and sort of cheesy horror movies, I think that this is better than average. But if you're looking for like something like Cemetery Man yeah. or Day of the Beast, it, it's not on that it, level. It's not on that level. It doesn't have that kind of vision to it that I think like something like Evil Dead or which is why like cause I normally don't like super B movies, but that's why I love you know Day of the Beast and Cemetery Man. There's an original vision going into that. This to me just sounds it's just like regurgitated shit you've seen a hundred times already. It's, I mean, I, it's yeah. dead awake. It would have been a great episode. It was regurgitated shit you've seen a hundred times in 1995. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It still had been this type of thing done. No, it's evil dead no. But I enjoy, I love that kind of shit, so I was like, good, more of it. Yeah. yeah. All right, well. Yeah. All, right. All right, what's next? All right, Let's next one on. is our final film, which was a Yay. Summers Brothers pick. Yeah. Go to it. Nightwatch. Uh, Nightwatch. Night um, let me just say, uh, first off, that... Um, when this I, is not the Russian film. This is... N- thank you. Actually, that's a really good distinction to yeah. tell people. Um, this is a, uh, a, a film by... Uh, is it... Oh, Born- oh. Ole Bornadol? Ole Bornadol. Um, I'm gonna, again, apologies <laughs> for butchering names. Uh, this this film, i I just like to point out, was um, the main reason that I pushed for uh, this list of, of 90s films. Because I think this is a very underrated uh, horror thriller from the 90s. Um, and it, it kind of wears its 90s cred on its, uh, on its sleeve. Uh, it's, um, it's about a, a young law student played by Ewan McGregor who gets a job at a, uh, is it a, a morgue or a mortuary? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the medical examiner's office. And, um, he, and, and which he's excited about because it'll give him a chance to do a lot of studying. Uh, and at the same time, there's a serial killer, uh, working through, um, the town and, and he may or may not be framed by this serial killer for these killings, and it, it may or may not have something to do with the place that he works at. Uh, I just, I just love this movie. I think it's it's filled with atmosphere. It's it's a really fun story. Uh, M- McGregor is great. He it, he's almost. I mean, I I would say this is might be his post 
uh, Train Spotting movie or very close to to when he first came on in Train Spotting. So he he is great in this movie. I got to give the most points for performance here though to Josh Brolin, who you're like, Chris, how did he not break shit. wide after his performance and, in this? Movie? And I, I, I I completely agree with you. And again, it, it, his performance is yet another reason why I I. I love this movie so much. It is uh, it is one of the first films I, I think I saw him in as as an adult. You know, and he wasn't the guy from Goonies yeah. or, or the Blob or Blob or what? What is it? Rad? That's uh, Thrashing. Thrashing. Sorry, he's in Thrashing. He's in. Thr- no, he's the lead. Re- in he's the lead in Thrashing. Now I'm gonna go back and rewatch Thrashing. Yeah. God damn you! Um, <laughs> God damn. Uh, by the brothers. way, I want to point out Oscar winner Steven Soderbergh co-wrote the script of this American. This is an um, uh, English language remake. Of the same director's uh, foreign film. And I, I feel like Soderbergh's influence very much is evident in this movie. Um, there, that he, it almost feels like a Soderbergh movie to a certain extent. Just the Summers Brothers to pick the only horror movie I that know. Soderbergh was involved in. Oh my with god! Comments, please. You're fucking please welcome. Comments. <laughs> um, but it has, a, it has a lot of really funny dialogue. Uh, Art house. It has a really good sense of humor. It 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 really does. It does. The performances themselves are really good. I I think there's a really great cast of people who were just starting to break out. It's McGregor, it's Brolin, um, Patricia Arquette. And, uh, Nick Nolte, and Nick Nolte. Lauren John Zander. C. Riley is Riley. uncredited. Yeah, he's 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 barely in the movie, but it, it, so it's Deputy uh, Bill. Yeah. Dep- Deputy Inspector De- Bill. Deputy Inspector Bill. And and it was interesting. Nolte um, had just sort of ended his 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 run as a as a big uh, marquee leading man. I, and I remember at the time this came out, he said he was looking for more interesting movies to be in to lend his name and to get made. And this was one of the ones he picked. And I think you see why. It's a really great part for him. Um, there, there, I, I will say this about the movie, which is something that was... Uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but it was something that was a little bit of a disturbing trend that I do feel the movie has kind of a streak of misogyny. It has, it has a couple of cringy moments. Um, one scene in particular and one kind of particularly disturbing image when I went back uh, watching it again that I, yeah. I, I really cringed at. And I, I don't think that dated well with the movie. But... Uh, yeah, I don't want to spend a lot of time on that, so. Well, um, I, there's a lot to love about this movie, but Phil and I were talking about this recently. There's also a lot of points you're like, wait a minute. Like, a lot of questions, like, how would you, like, there's a scene where, uh, Nick Nolte is at the basement of this hospital, which is as near as I can tell, four floors, I think, below the primary level, and he can hear a car pull up. And yet, a little bit later, what was it? He can't hear. She's screaming her head off from the basement, yeah, but yet nobody no can hear. can hear it. And I was like, wait, it's one or the other. Like, you either can hear shit from, like, going on and Wait, which rooms are they in? They're in different rooms. They're in the formaldehyde room, and they're he's down there about the formaldehyde room both times? Yeah, well, no, because he's about to cut him up, and he goes, oh, I can't, there's a car approaching. Yeah. And he goes and runs upstairs to greet Bill and uh, uh, Josh Brolin. Yeah, I, I don't And then literally she's screaming her head off, and they can't hear. Oh, come on. That's <laughs> I didn't catch that. Seems a little nitpicky. I don't, I don't that's know. Kind of, <laughs> that's a pretty big gaffe for yeah. me. I, I was like, okay, yeah, I noticed that too. There's other points I'm just like, mm, would anybody ever actually do that? Especially, okay, and this isn't a deep spoiler part, Nick Nolte being the killer, who <laughs> was a guy that everyone knows about who was molesting 
bodies in this morgue. No, they specifically Apparently. say they covered it up. Yeah, yeah but I mean, they know still about know about it. it. They know that someone did it. They don't know who the person is. That yeah, did but it. they have a file on him. No, they have a file on an employee. They do, it doesn't it's say decades that that's what he did. later. How the fuck would he ever get a job that ended up being like the lead detective? No, they said that they covered it up in the. I don't agree with that at all. That's completely. The movie covers that. Who the fuck would? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't think so. But all that being said, there's good performance all this. Nick Nolte is actually not terribly growly in this movie, where he's just like, oh, God. He wasn't, geez. I mean, he's playing the same character <laughs> that he played in Point Break, but in Necrophilia. He's not in Point Break. <laughs> Gary Busey. Oh, Jesus Christ. Break. I always get those two confused. Yeah. It's okay. Both it happens. I literally have the, I was like, oh, ne- poor Nick Nolte slash I, Gary Busey slash, oh, it's Randy Quaid is, is what I was thinking is about. Is this the only movie ever made with Brad Dorff where he doesn't turn out to be the killer? Um, like, I just <laughs> want to say that Brad Dorff is amazing in this Film. Like he was, he, he his character really, was really one of my favorite. Yeah, he he he, he didn't the, cry. He plays the on-call doctor who re- is annoyed constantly by Ewan McGregor. I have personally asked for your removal. <laughs> Not one teary eye by Brad Dorif yeah. in this movie. Amazingly enough, I will say I thought uh, Patricia Arquette is kind of useless here. She, she plays the same like, character she always she, well, plays. She kind like of gets she, stuck playing the girlfriend part a little uh, bit, but yeah. she's also a wildly overrated actress. I think she's had a few. You mean roles. Oscar winner Patricia Arquette? Yeah, I think she's had a few roles. Wait, that she won out. an Oscar? Best actress. For, for Boyhead. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Once again, one of the few good performances. It was like 20 years after this. Yeah. So. Right. But, like, you know, I'm like, a lot of stuff, I'm like, this is, it feels like you're not even putting any energy into this. And this is one of those parts. I'm like, you're so wildly uninteresting here. Lauren Graham as well, who I know is a good actor. Super It's boring. just kind of bland yeah. here. Like, okay. um, and I actually do like this film. Um, I thought that Ewan McGregor was great. I thought that Josh Brolin was amazing so in this film. Um, there's, I think that you guys are alluding to the one scene with the hooker Joyce in the restaurant that scene was so uncomfortable for me to watch as a female like i literally was like what i i mean i could cancel dinner plans with with cancel (laughs) hand job dinner no wait wait wait, wait. what 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 was the most uncomfortable part the fact that she was giving a hand job or how he treated her afterwards no the afterwards part was like even more uncomfortable how how he treated her like how josh brolin's character treated her like during and after was just so yeah it's how his character excruciating for me it makes her skin crawl it's the worst scene in the movie agreed and it it goes Absolutely. kind of beyond what it needs it's, to do to say what it has to do about the character. It wants you to feel convinced that Josh Brolin is... It, no. I mean, it's yes. a red and herring, absolutely. the only reason why absolutely. it sells that Nick Nolte is actually because you were like, there's no way it's not Josh Brolin yeah. at that point. And you're like, it feels like about the point in a movie where it would play its hand to go, it's clearly his best friend. Agreed. Agreed. So, Otherwise, I would have immediately gone, oh, it's got to be Nick Nolte. But I was surprised when it happened because of that sequence. Also agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I actually think, generally speaking, this is a really good a movie. It's just got some issues. There's, it's mainly that. I, I was sent a text and, that said, Nightwatch is, quote, the tits. And thank yeah. you guys for picking it. No, I, I, I know. I love And I will Nightwatch. say... Finish your thought, Patience. I was just going to say, and the fact that, you know, that whole 
180 degree change between Josh Brolin then and where he like cuts his thumb off to save his friend. Like I wouldn't cut my thumb off to save my mom. Like really? I mean, well, she's, <laughs> sorry, mom. Don't. Hopefully, no one has to rely on patience. I, I mean, seriously. Like if we're in like a saw kind of situation, y'all are gonna die. No. Just so you know. No, put dinner back on. With <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I really like. I thought that Josh Brolin, his character, definitely stole the show for me. Even though you and McGregor did. Well, a he's job. a terrific creation because yeah. he's his friend, and but he's also. He feels like he can't feel excitement anymore, and it's and so he's pushing the limits of acceptability and 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 uh, fear. But he just he just has so many great lines, and, and there's there's a there's a a truly great moment where uh, these they're at a bar, and these two kind of thuggish guys um, sort of intimidate their girlfriends, uh, Lauren Graham and, and Trish Arquette, and they Lauren Graham and Trish Arquette uh, are left standing that their boyfriends do not come to their aid. And so they get mad and leave, and and Ewan McGregor says, "If this was a movie, right? And and we were the exciting guys, what what would we do?" And Josh Brolin doesn't say a word; he just gets up, and it's it's a great moment. Where it goes is not as interesting. Where but it goes true. makes no sense. They get their asses kicked. They leave the bar cheering. Did you see that? Yeah, you were awesome. Yeah, they, he they gets go, fucking decked. They do the thing just, in a movie where again, somebody gives a, a giant speech and somebody just lets them give it to them. Yeah. In the middle of that. So well, I agree with you, but but the moment before that is oh, is just great. So so I. Loved this movie when I was younger. I'm a big fan of like crime mystery films that have a little bit of horror thriller aspect to it. And in watching this again, there there were so many holes in the story that I just I didn't like it anymore. Like I I really felt like Brolin was the strongest part. Um, I mean, there's just scenes like I mean, like the ending. Like I I love John C. Riley just shows up with Josh (laughs) Brolin, like just deputized him. Like, what the fuck are you doing bringing this guy to the crime scene with you? Furthermore, how do they not know where Ewan McGregor's at when he's obviously at work because Homeboy just shows up to talk to him at work? How do you not know where he's located? And then, like, you have the screaming and the car thing, and then you're like, hey, there's semen on the body. Why don't you just fill this up with semen while I'm standing here? Like, I mean, like, things that just don't make sense in a procedural sense of a crime movie. You wouldn't just hand somebody a a freaking flask to fill up with, you know, their semen. Is Nick Nolte a vampire? No, it's just shit didn't make sense to me. I'm watching it, and I'm like, how? And then again, you've got this, like, you know, nefarious, you know, necrophiliac buttfucker who just can get a job. Yeah. And like, how? And I get, cool, they covered it up. Nothing gets covered up from that. I don't care. Like, someone's going to talk. The freaking old guard there knew it. Told him all about it. He took 20 seconds of his day to open up some files and solve this whole fucking mystery. But you've got somebody killing people, and not a police officer on staff can, like, do the due diligence of a, you know, a, a med student who takes 20 seconds to, to solve the crime? I mean, blows my mind. This is why Phil's uh, th- films are all realistic. Well, I just, <laughs> but I, I don't understand, like, just, like, there's things to it that just were such huge, like... I, I, I don't buy any of it I anymore. I feel in context it works a little better than the, than I, the way you're describing I mean, But I saw me. it. In, I, I watched it in context. Know, and the whole time I'm watching I go, how? I, Why? I, I oh, my God. I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but I felt like I enjoyed it so much because of just the sheer atmosphere and the quality of these performances and the way it was playing out that I even though if I saw that stuff, I was like, oh, whatever. I'm having a great time watching yeah. this. So, so one thing that we haven't really touched on and, and I think is really one of the main reasons to watch this movie is... Um, everything in the morgue is really terrific. Yeah. And they have a great thing where when he gets the job, there's a really terrific actor 
playing the former security guard whose who's position he's filling, who's older, and he's kind of a off character, and he walks him through the job, and it's a really great setup. It's, it's you know, they set up all this stuff that pays off really well, and the, and the atmosphere, the moment, and the guy keeps telling him, like, get a radio. Like, don't sit here in silence. It's yeah. really, and, you know, there's these giant trash bags on trees. There's an amazing image that goes throughout the movie, and it's really creepy and weird. And then... And there, there's a picture. Yeah, yeah and there's a the picture, picture, and he says, who is that? And he says, uh, I don't know, it's always been here. And... Um, and then he shows him a bell, and he says, "This bell." He says, "There's there's cords above all the the bodies in the in the morgue, and if they wake up, they pull the cord, and you, that bell will ring." Yeah. And he sets up, and you're like, "Oh shit! I hope that bell never rings." Well, yeah, and he's like, "It'll never happen." Yeah, and he, he asks about, it and he goes, well, "What do I do?" And he goes, "It'll never happen, kid." And you're like, "Shit! It's totally gonna happen." It's totally, yeah. And I had an ex girlfriend, and I Russ and I really liked this movie, and I remember showing this movie to her, and I fell asleep. While we were watching it. And I remember she punched me to wake me up. And she goes, hey, why are you falling asleep? It's like the scariest movie I've ever seen. Because that bell, it rings. And it scared the shit out of her. And it's a really terrific sequence when it does. It's genuinely, like, you really don't know what's going to happen. But like, but you do because it's so like, I'll be right back. And you know that guy's about <laughs> to die. This will never happen. It's I know. going to happen. But I love that. I love that <laughs> feeling of dread that, like, you're, you're sort of and, dreading and, it happening. And the knick-knack paddywhack song, for fuck's sake, why is that important to this killer? It's the dumbest oh, shit. Yeah, right? I mean, I why is it important? Yeah. No, well, it I explains. Guess it is. And that one, it was like, I don't almost want more backstory on his character and why he's crazy. He just is. He says that. He, says, he explains it. He, he says explains. these people are way beyond the need to justify what they do. And, yeah. and I think the movie... It's a good one-line fix there. I, I, well, that's all I need. That's all I need. The movie, at least, the movie addressed I mean, it. The movie thought about it. I agree with Rob right now because the cinematography was very good. The ambiance, I thought it was very, to, like, Verbensky. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? He, like, sits there and has his headphones on because he's kind of worried uh-huh. about, like, he's all by himself finally in the big thing. And the formaldehyde tanks. Mm-hmm. Like, that was all just the setup was amazing. The vibe of the yeah, movie is was, yeah, and like filled with great images. Like where he has to break the window and and open the mm-hmm. door, and it cuts his arm. And yep. I don't know. I this movie is. I will agree with all the flaws, all the logic. Well, it's, it's a collection of, of of really great stuff. I don't know that it hangs together. Right. But, I don't think the, it's perfect. Yeah. The, the the sum isn't greater than the parts, but the parts are just so fantastic. Yeah. They're better than most the whole most movies. When you watch. the bell finally goes off, was so frightening. Me. Yeah. I was frozen watching yeah. it because like they tease you at it once before, which makes you jump where it's not that, and then when it finally does happen, you're like fuck, and it constantly has you in the state you're like Wait, where you are flickering even lights wondering, in the hallway, what's real? even wondering if something supernatural yeah. might be involved. What's here, real? You, know? you I, don't even I really know. Really liked it. So Phil's the outcast on this one. <laughs> it's, I just, I just. It's, it's the story in Fallen. We've all been. I mean, it's, yeah. Well, the story in Fallen makes sense to me. The story in this doesn't. That's because it's so simplistic. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's way more complicated than there's just... did you describe uh, in, when you were criticizing Fallen, you said it was more complicated than it needed to no, be? No, I said the mythology was overcomplicated. Uh-huh, so not so simple. I might have liked this better if there was like a demon inside Nick Nolte that was you know, that, let, that was like a butt fucking necrophiliac right. who transferred around. One fan okay, let's parse, wrap this up. Parse the let's, episode. You and I agree. When we think about this movie, we'll agree it's a sequel to Fallen, and it's the demon is inside. I just yeah, I am really confused as to why I agreed with the Summers brothers this whole entire fucking time. Because eventually you've learned that they have a sort of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> We're all here for a reason, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this deliberation. Well, can, can I sum up briefly? Oh, yeah, I let's do a sum. I, I had a. I, I just had some thoughts about this again. Um, I know that a lot of people talk about the the eighties as like this golden age of horror. Um, and I mean, I I, I understand an impetus, and, and it's true that obviously so many iconic. Uh, films come out of that. But I think that the 90s, I mean, obviously people talk about Scream and stuff, but I think that there, a lot of these horror films I think that we've talked about are more interesting than some of the bigger horror like films from the 80s. Yeah. Like and, and, and they're slicker. And again, what, what I was, what I thought was really interesting about these movies was that a lot of them were studio films. And, and so they, they were, they had a bigger budget. They were more, int- they were, uh, not more interesting, but, but they were more, uh, visually dazzling to, to a certain extent than some of the lower budgeted, uh, horror films from the 80s. Um, and again, I, I think it's interesting that there, there's, I think, some really great movies in this list and they've just kind of disappeared, which is strange. You wouldn't think that movies from the 90s, I mean, I, I guess it was a long time ago, but it doesn't feel like a long time ago, that these movies are not readily available on streaming or DVD. Um, and I think it's a, it's a decade really wor- worth looking into as far as horror. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely, and not to mention there's so many more movies that we didn't even get to cover. Oh yeah, we could have made four shows out of this if yeah. we all were like, yes, well, let's watch that many movies. It's us, so like ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, po- possibly something we can revisit. 90s yeah. part two. Yeah, 90s, 90s part two. Uh, but our next show will not be the 90s, well, although some of, uh, I think the bulk of the films are in fact from the 90s, yeah. but we're doing our Clive Barker Clive Barker show. motherfuckers, so, yeah. Which is to say, I'm so excited. all of them will be terrible. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway. In your guys' opinion, because uh, I'm excited. Uh, also, uh, if you made it this far on the podcast, Podcast, you should definitely. We're on Twitter now. We're at Doom Deliberator. Doom Deliberator. On Twitter. Yes. Um, and we're also on Facebook where we're going to start Facebook. posting all of our discussions about who's watched what and who has what DVD. We decided pretty <laughs> it's much. Yes, yeah, so we're now instead hilarious. of communicating over t- uh, group text, we're just going to use Facebook. So. You can chime, chime in, in and be like, boy, these guys sound like idiots. What are they doing? This is like who they are right. in real life. This um, is how they should, communicate. Yeah, you should follow social media. We, we do check all that stuff regularly, repeatedly. We love all that stuff. So engage, talk, critique. Uh, Suggestions. Uh, Suggestions. Yeah, I mean, we're going to start. And we Just also, because we hated Cherry Falls is no reason to Yeah, I mean, we want, but we watched it <laughs> because we because somebody suggested. I, I like Cherry Falls better right. than Nightwatch. And so we're also, <laughs> also going to um, start posting. We're gonna, we also want to curate our list that way as well, so we'll try and narrow it down, but we're going to start putting our lists on Facebook for everybody to chime in on as well. So. Yep. Agreed. People should do that. Anybody else have anything else no, to think, add here so. before we go out? Yeah. All right, then we'll just end with Keep Screaming. Keep Screaming. Keep Screaming! Oneofus.net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net and don't forget your towel. <laughs>